Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. How are you? Well, you know, I've just done some of that classic sitting in L.A. traffic for way, way, way too long. So I apologize to everybody that we had to boot this a half hour later than we expected. Uh, But we're here now and we're going to make the best of it. We are going to make the best of it. I'm sitting outside smoking a cigar, uh, watching my St. Louis Cardinals play the Chicago Cubs, where Nolan Arenado for the Cardinals just hit a two-run home run. So that's all good. But that's Which, not why we're here. Okay. All right. Um, before we start, as always, we are powered by communitycars.com. Sponsor of the Communitycars.com. And for all of you listening live. Yeah. For all of you listening, this is where we insert our wonderful straight no chaser jingle for communitycars.com. I did, Ward, get another uh, message from someone who ordered their car from Community Cars that does not live in the state of Indiana. It was delivered to them. They ordered a Chevrolet Tahoe, got delivered mm. to them. They love it. It showed up to, at their driveway. The paperwork was easy. Everything was easy. This is going so well. I think when we renegotiate our deal, we just ask for a piece of every sale. Yeah, or I was going to say we just we treat it like um, like one of these like nil deals that where these guys are holding schools up. We need four million dollars. <laughs> we we end up we end up living in Miami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if Ruiz would give us some money for a community cars deal. Um, so listen, man, uh, a lot going on in the world of Indiana basketball. And before we get into, you know, all that we are, are going to talk about with Indiana basketball, let's talk about why we're doing it live this week and why we didn't put up our episode that many of you know 
We did record an episode, a full episode oh, with Will Sheehan. So it, it was so good. It was we were both just on cloud nine, just a couple hours of the greatest conversation with Will Sheehan. Like it, it was going to be one of those ones when we think of like the five or ten favorite conversations we had we would have brought that and we will we'll still bring up that one especially because of what happened afterwards and maybe one day when will uh leaves the warriors and like you know whatever like then he'll be like just go ahead and run it yeah you know um but look here's the deal will was kind enough to join us he thought and why wouldn't he think that we would be talking mostly iu but we spent a tremendous amount of time talking about his stint the last year plus with the warriors the championship run, him being on the practice court. We talked about all this stuff. And turns out that when you're an employee of the Golden State Warriors, you sign a non-disclosure agreement. And you have to run all media by the employees. Now, I think that some of you may know that like Draymond Green has a podcast where he says crazy stuff all the time. Like, <laughs> like stuff that they should be worried about. And I think what happened there is they're like, well, we can't control Draymond. But we can surely control the video coordinator, Will Sheehy. And- yeah, and and as much as they clearly value Will and what he's already brought to the organization and he's been promoted, when it comes down to being the premier basketball franchise on earth, uh, you know, Will doesn't stack up the same way Draymond does yet, yet. Yet. And then, of course, they don't give two flying shits about us or our podcast. Not two tumbling shits. So <laughs> so that's why we were trying to negotiate and see if we could figure it out. But we're going to have Will back on in the future in the proper way. But we couldn't do that. So here we are with all of you. So our guest today on the podcast is all of you, basically. Yes. Great. So we're going to get to questions and comments that you may have, but let's do a recap of where we are with recruiting. And I've got a little uh, surprise for you at some point, Ward, Ooh. in that we're going to break out reasonable Eric today. Well, that doesn't exist, so it's, I'll be really curious how it manifests itself. We, I need an alliteration for it, maybe even-keeled Eric? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. It is, but I'm going to try my best today, and as it applies, and I'm going to apply that prism of looking at the world to IU recruiting. So we're going to get into that. There's going to be some things I think that people don't want to hear and some things that people will like to hear. Okay, so then I get to play the hysteric, as I often do. Sure, you can, or you can be um, worldly ward. Mm, no, 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 no. Let's try that, that again. Work. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll just be reasonable Roberts if we want to Ooh, be lazy yes, about it. Yes, that's good. <laughs> reasonable Roberts and even kill Eric later on. Okay, let's hit the big stories that have happened since the last time we recorded the podcast. Let's get this one out of the way. Xavier Booker committed to Michigan State. Who? Exactly. Who cares? That's the complete phrase. Yes, I am happy that this recruiting story is behind us. I have thought for well over a year that he would not be coming to Indiana. I don't think it was the right fit. I've been saying it on message boards. I don't believe Indiana. By their actions, you can tell they never were fully invested in this recruitment, period. The the dude was an hour away. They, They could have been living in his back pocket, and they never were. It definitely 
was a going through the motions and even that tapered off. Yes. And look, the going through the motions, because I know there was a lot of hubbub at the end of his recruitment in July. Well, why did Indiana fly to Wisconsin to see him at the end? And the truth is that I think that there are very some I saw some people talk about that. Oh, it was just optics. They just wanted the optics of recruiting. I don't think optics is the correct word because optics implies that all you cared about was how it looked. No, I don't think it was that. I think there were very real relationship building reasons to not totally abandon a top recruit, at least a top ranked recruit from the city of Indianapolis. I think there are, there are people that you want to maintain relationships with. You want to show them that you're not ignoring the kid, you know, and I think that's why they did what they did. Uh, And I don't blame him. And here's the other thing. Indiana clearly decided he was not a priority recruit for them. He was not one of the priority recruits. Okay, fine. Look, Woody's our guy right now. He's our guy, and we support him. And so if he decides that this guy is not right for what I'm trying to build, well, God, the guy's been there a year. He beat Purdue. He took us to the – we won two games in the Big Ten tournament. We won a game in the NCAA tournament. He's brought in three five-stars in his short time, you know, 14 months, or I guess it's more than that now, 16 months or so. You know, we got to support him. Like, I'm not – we're not going to jump off the train. There is nobody I've ever encountered on a message board whose opinion I thought more of than somebody with the resume of Coach Mike Woodson. There you go. There you go. That's a great way to put it. So that's what happened with Xavier Booker. He wasn't coming to Indiana. Indiana didn't really want him. And now we move on. And the the other big story was the three back-to-back-to-back visits that we had, official visits, followed up by two unofficial visits back-to-back earlier in this week. And the back-to-back – sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say to sort of set the table for that, this would be a good time to give a shout-out to Adam Howard, who I learned through the Peaks message board was the mastermind behind getting these guys who just came through to hold the NCAA championship trophy. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's great. Yeah. And like Adam Howard, if you've met him, you love him, you respect him, and you just feel confident a young man like this who uh, has, you know, come up through the managerial ranks uh, for IU, you're just like, yes, this guy gets it. He's putting out these tweets now. and, And this leads directly into this conversation of, the best players from Indiana play at Indiana. Yeah, and he, I love that. He, he just gets it, you know, because he's a young guy. So he gets where these guys are coming from and what appeals to them. And so a special shout out to, to that fella um, as we get into the, the nuts and bolts of these visits. The other thing I want to say about Adam Howard that I do think is important, outside of Mike Woodson, and, and I would even say even more so than Mike Woodson, because, look, Woody was in the NBA for 30 years. He was not connected to grassroots Indiana, AAU ball, high school ball. He wasn't. You know, I mean, we know that. That's not an insult. That's just a fact. Adam Howard comes from a coaching family. His dad is a long time, who I think just retired this last year. That's right. Long time, well-respected, high-end high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana. Adam Howard has an appreciation for what basketball means in the state of Indiana that belies the number of years he's been on this earth. Because the number of years he's been on this earth, Indiana basketball has not been what the legacy of Indiana basketball was. Yeah, he's definitely a student of history to be able to appreciate it. 
It's exactly right. So, so I think that's really important that he's a key piece of the puzzle. Um, but let's talk about the three visits. First up was Jamie Kaiser. Second up was Arrington Page. Third up was Deshaun Harris-Smith. Let's talk about Jamie Kaiser because that's where all of the conversation is centered today. Well, and it's starting to reach a fever pitch, right? Because I haven't checked today if he's done that unofficial to Maryland. He did. He, was, he did. He did. Okay. Is there any any hubbub scuttlebutt coming out of what that was? Here is the hubbub. The Maryland visit went well, really well. And if you are a believer in reading tea leaves, it certainly looked – I think you'd rather be in Maryland's position right now than Indiana's. So I'm going to interpret that as he committed to Maryland while he was there and they're prepping the announcement. I don't believe that that I don't know. I, I can't say that. I don't know if he committed there. I think he wanted to leave and take some time. But the word is that he's going to commit somewhere very soon. And look, Indiana did not want him to take another visit to Maryland. Right. So, you know, that, that just wasn't a great sign. Uh, he's a hometown kid. He's closer to Maryland. Uh, you know, we jumped in on this recruitment and we tried to do everything we could. And we, 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 we broke out all the, you know, pulled out all the stops, but we may lose this recruitment. Now I want to say this overall about all the recruitments. Obviously the kids that were recruiting Indiana wants, of course, that's why they're recruiting them. But they're also, I don't believe sweating any of these recruitments. I think that they believe that they've got a really good basketball team this year. Mm-hmm. And they think they're going to be really good and have a chance to be really good. And they like what they've got lined up for 2024. And they like what they've got lined up beyond that. Um, and they believe that with a really good season this year and losing what we're going to lose, which, by the way, we very it is a likely scenario that we lose our entire starting five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's going to be a ton of playing time and a ton of opportunity available, especially for specific positions. And they believe, I believe, that the transfer portal will be a very attractive option for Indiana this year in a way that it wasn't last year because there wasn't a ton of playing time to offer. Sure. And people sure. in the transfer portal want playing time. And, well, and where were you going to get it this year? Well, and to be able to look, we all saw how the the end of last season went very positive. What we're expecting to see on the court this year is next level. So then if you're talking to transfer portal guys and being like, well, that see how effectively we were doing this all year. uh, That's where we're plugging you in this year. It's not going to require quite as much imagination as one or certainly two years ago before we're all hoping we really see Woody and what he wants to do on the court on both ends in full effect this year. And then it's much less speculation by a recruit on how they fit into that system. Totally. And let's not forget this, which is an argument that they can make to all of transfer portals this year that they couldn't make last year, which is we just played in Vegas against Arizona. Mm. We played at Kansas. We played at Xavier. We, yeah. ho- we hosted North Carolina at home because we oh. are a marquee program. Uh. We know we're playing Kansas next year at Assembly Hall. That will be a nationally <laughs> televised big game, okay? We yeah. know we'll be in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and likely get another marquee matchup. And we know that Indiana is talking, I believe it's said, we're going to play in New York. 
We're going to play. I can't remember if it's Barclays or Madison Square Garden, but we're playing in a four-team thing with other high-end teams. So you get to go to a transfer portal and say, beyond playing in the Big Ten where you have marquee matchups you know, every week, you're also going to get probably three, at least three and probably four nationally televised big platform games to show off your skills. So another reason that the transfer portal looks so much more attractive this coming season than it did last season. Hearing you list that lineup, that pre-conference lineup, it's it's not Purdue who's getting that schedule. No, it's they're not, playing Davidson. A, they're playing Davidson. It's, uh, without Steph Curry. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not Wisconsin. It's really it, – it's – this is the idea of Indiana being back. Well, look, we got to win some of those games. Yes. And and we've got to compete for a Big Ten title and uh, a tourney run to really be like, yeah, Indiana's back where it's supposed to be. But that schedule is indicative of a team that is is arriving back into the proper domain the way we think of them. And it does – it's it's killer, but it's undeniable when you see a kid being like, yeah, and you know – Indiana, you know, they think of themselves of, uh, as a blue blood. And, and you know, I, I do too after that visit. Or, or just that we're like this cuspy blue blood now when it, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago, of course we were. And it's like, well, we need to have the schedule of this season and some wins to go with it to, to refute anybody who's trying to push us out of that very exclusive club. I agree. And I would just change one word from what you said. You said that this is indicative of a team that's where we want them to be. It's indicative of a program that's where we want it to be. Great. You know what I mean? Because this is clearly year one, they purposely scheduled week. Let's just get let's just get over it. They did. Yeah. Because they knew they needed wins. Oh, no. It was just to drive you crazy. (laughs) Well, it worked. It worked. But they wanted wins. They knew they were going to not be great in the Big Ten. And they knew they needed the non-conference just wins to pile up to help them get there. And that's what they did. And we got to the tournament. So mission accomplished. Uh, Going forward, the pre-conference that we're seeing now, that is where Scott Dolson wants this program to be. It's where Mike Woodson wants this program to be. And there is no reason to believe it won't be there annually now. We know we've got the ACC Big Ten locked in. We know we have a New York game against a top school, a, a major program. And we know we have Kansas at home. So now they can go out and look for one more game if they want as a marquee game. So that's all sensational. So now let's talk that that's, but that's where we are with Jamie Kaiser. I I don't feel great about it, but let's just see how it plays out. Let's talk about Arrington page, big man who this staff believes is just scratching the surface of his potential, big, strong, athletic can move actually already has a little bit of shooting ability. You know, I'm not saying he's uh, Kevin Durant by any stretch, but but he has shown a willingness to work on his shot and a willingness to shoot in games. And as we've seen with players that we've watched before, maybe 90% of the battle is just taking the shots. You know, so yeah, having the confidence to do so. And you know, obviously we have the kind of staff that's going to give the green light on somebody to do so. Exactly. Yasir Rosemond is the lead recruiter on that. This kid is from the Atlanta area. Yasir is totally connected in that area. And we are in really good position with Arrington Page. That's and the one did, that I think I'm most interested in following right now. Yeah, because it has the best best outcome that's the most likely. And look, it was to our advantage, unfortunately, 
for the young man. He was injured towards the tail end of a lot yeah. of this, this summer play. So uh, any sort of surge in interest was tempered by that. But, hey, uh, lucky for us. And ultimately, it would be lucky for him, too, if he, he didn't have some of maybe the bigger suitors swoop in at the last second because there's no place on earth better to play basketball than at Indiana University. And when there's the inevitable loss of trace and race this year for a guy like this to be able to come in and you, you, you're hopefully seeing like Malik and Logan, you know, really be yes. able to step into those spots that trace and race vacate. For, but for somebody like Arrington, there's, there's clearly room there too, to come in and contribute right away. So I think it's one of those ones where it's all lining up. And, and to reiterate your point on Yah and the pipeline coming up from, from GA, it's, it's significant. Like that, that just is a, a well that just keeps producing uh, talent. And, you know, in, a, in an age where Indiana has some on years and some off years to just be so tapped into a hotbed of talent, like we have Kenya in the DMV. Uh, what a what a gift to the program to have a guy who who's not only tapped in there but is actually getting those kids to come up from their warm abode and hopefully not do too many visits like in the dead of winter but um, to consider coming up north and playing for a great program. Totally agree. Um, the other thing I would say on him is I actually think it's better for Indiana that he was injured because of the reasons you said it, oh, it yeah. kept his no. recruitment you know contained. A little yes. bit. Yes. Um, it was, it was to, to definitely to our advantage. So I feel really good about that one. Deshaun Harris-Smith. And this might lead us into even-keeled Eric and uh, reasonable Roberts. Um, right. I don't believe we're getting him. Okay? I think it was a really short recruitment. I think that this was a guy that, like, we didn't know very well until we jumped in on the recruitment late. We made inroads there. We got an official visit. But when you have a short recruitment like this, both sides get to know each other quickly. And you don't know everything you want to know about a guy and how he plays and how he fits your culture and program and style. And I think that on this one, I'm not saying this is what happened, but I think it is possible that... The more they learned, the more they thought, all right, we like him, but maybe he's not perfect for us. And maybe Deshaun realized maybe he's that Indiana's not perfect for him. So I don't believe we're going to get Deshaun Harris-Smith. Um, I don't believe he's coming to Indiana. I don't, I don't think we're going we're gonna to be in that one to the end. That, that didn't sound like something you were just coming up with off the top of your head. I'm just saying it's a scenario <laughs> that could be accurate for any short recruitment. And it is part of the even-keeled Eric Reasonable Roberts segment that I want to get into. But, but before we get into that, so mm -hmm. it, it, let's just stop there. That's where we are on those three. You mentioned the Sisley and Harrelson unofficial visits. They both got yep. to hold a national championship trophy, something yep. I have not seen any of our recruits do. And they both got to do it the day before and the day after they went to Purdue, where all they could hold was air. <laughs> right i mean they could just hold their breath if they were waiting for them to be held holding a trophy so that i just love those two recruitments are 2025 kids you know where i stand on that we got a long way to go before we get there 
But, but both but I, of those we're going to need to be in on now and consistently till the end. Yeah. And, and look, we all love the Indiana kids. And Xavier Booker, maybe not quite always hyped up to be whatever. Uh, these two kids, it looks most likely that Sisley's a top 50 and the sky's kind of the limit when it comes to Harrelson. And to just see us two feet in, four coaches deep, entire staff, entire program, even the entire Bloomington IU community showing these guys love as sophomores in high school like that this is this is what we haven't been able to see from coach Woodson and it, and most of his staff because they just got there so this is what it looks like when you identify can't miss pro, uh, prospects early on as as freshmen or even eighth graders in the state and you're like this is a marathon it's not a sprint and I just have complete faith that they're going to keep these guys understanding how much they're wanted and loved and we'll all do the same you know we'll keep it all positive and um as a result you know when you you have something like that to look forward to with a couple of classes in between it it makes you feel good about the present and even you could call it the distant future about what this staff is doing particularly in state yes totally agree all right, before we get to the, the much-teased segment of Reasonable Roberts and Even Killed Eric, oh, yeah. let's talk about what's happening in Bloomington in two weeks. Because wait, this, wait. yeah? Hold, I mean, like, I just wanted to touch on who uh, did you, this came out, like, today, within a couple of hours, I think. Oh, Ravi Liam McNeely? Yeah, good, like, uh, apparently some kid from Ireland is going to visit us. He's a five-star <laughs> Liam, Liam McNeely is coming over to visit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And look, this kid's a five-star. He's like a top 20 dude, and he's super versatile. And it's just so fun to see uh, a constant stream of these visits happening or, or being committed to after a long stretch of maybe we get one of these guys to give us a sniff per year uh that it's like you know here's a kid look again um who knows there's duke is sniffing around on that one um he's got alabama you know a bunch of schools he's got a ton of offers but it's just one of those things where if somebody's upset about maybe it's not going to work out with kaiser we didn't get booker look guys it's this staff is not going to have any trouble getting new doors opened especially with guys who are a year down the road yes uh, and maybe the most important piece of that is, you know, where he's playing his high school basketball? Montverde, baby. Get yes. the pipeline going. Exactly. So the same place that delivered Jalen hood Shafino and Malik Renault, the same place that uh, has helped us, I think, recruit and be in a good position with Derek Queen, uh, and the same place that Kenya Hunter clearly has a great relationship with is also producing Liam McNeely. So there's a lot of reason to be excited. On that one, I believe his visit is like the third week of September, something like that. Uh, So that is extremely exciting uh, and good to get these kids on campus because that's what needs to happen, obviously, like especially from out of state. Rabbi's reporting September 23rd through 25th. I mean, I mean, Bloomington in late September. Get out of here. Get out of here. The only thing that would be better is if there was a basketball game that he could see. But sure. this is his junior year. 
So there's more time. This is a junior year official visit. There's always time for the senior year official visit. So, so yeah, so that kind of wraps up, I think a little bit on where we are with recruiting and we're going to come back to it in our, in our segment, but now let's talk about, and actually it, it dovetails right into recruiting. What's happening in two weeks, two weeks from today, the festivities begin in Bloomington, Indiana on August 18th through the 21st. It is the Hoosier Fantasy Experience Weekend. And the reason I say it dovetails with recruiting is because the proceeds from this weekend, the fantasy camp, the fantasy golf outing, the fan fest, the proceeds raised from that go to the current players playing for Indiana basketball and the IU women will also get some NIL benefits from the camp that they're putting on. It is a team effort and everybody on the team is going to benefit from it. We know how successful it was last year and how much it meant to the players. We know how much it meant to Indiana because they use the fan fest in all of their recruiting pitches. They say to them, this is the NIL stuff that's already in place. And it's just getting bigger. Last year was just a fan fest. This And the women's clinic. This year is a fan fest, a fantasy camp. It's so much more. And all of that money from all of those different avenues goes to NIL for the current team. This is a big deal. It just could not be a better few days for Indiana basketball short of going to the Final Four. As far as you bring everybody together for the best cause, which is, of course, making sure Indiana University is as attractive as possible to top recruits. And like, okay, if if you can afford the fantasy camp or the golf outing, that's amazing. And you can make a, a very big contribution. And as a result, you get some really exclusive access to the team and to the players or, or to the, you know, the, the coaches yeah. will be around. It, that's a huge deal. But for, for most of our listeners, uh, most here on Twitter spaces with us or those listening to this as the podcast for this week, it is such a beautiful time to come together in Assembly Hall, see this team as a team for the first time ever, scrimmaging, and before and or after, you're getting to take pictures with them and you're getting to interact with them. And that means a lot to them. And we know how much it meant to the people who came, especially with their kids, with their family last year. It's like bringing people together in a physical space, the most hallowed of all physical spaces for Indiana fans in Assembly Hall, especially after the couple of years we've all gone through, to, to be together in one place and just get excited about what promises to be a really fun season. The vibes are so strong. They're so good that that permeates throughout the fan base and throughout the season. And you get to see the team scrimmage at the fan fest. So, I, I, I mean, I said that just to be oh, clear. Oh, did you? Did you? I, 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 I don't know if you hear what's going on here, but I've been spraying myself with bug spray because I'm getting eaten alive. <laughs> well, but, you know, I, it's that's much quieter than me putting dishes away. That's true. But I'm not, I look, smoking a cigar is more important than my skin getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. So, uh, the Fan Fest, you can go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com. $5 general admission tickets are available. I think there's still some $45 tickets that are premium seats. Courtside tickets are sold out. But if you buy a $5 general admission seat, you're going to get a great seat at Assembly Hall. Show up early. Autographs and pictures before and after. It's going to be an amazing event. 
And so HoosierFantasyExperience.com, click on the FanFest link, get your tickets, bring your family, bring your friends. And, and important to reiterate, you don't have to interact with Eric or I. We, you know, like yes. we, you see us yes. coming towards you and we're like, hey, we're so glad you're here. And you just turn your back on us and walk away. We'll get the message. So don't let that prevent you from showing up. Right. Now, if you do turn your back on us, we will hound you for the next two and a half hours. I might, I might goose you, but that's, yeah. you know. Mm, and inappropriate. <laughs> um, but I also want to announce we did a drawing. Heavily discounted spots for the golf outing and for the fantasy camp. And we had incredible response. And congrats to those of you who won the drawing. But we wanted to do something nice for the people listening live. So unfortunately, if you're listening to the podcast and not live, you are not eligible for this. But those of you listening live, the fantasy camp normally is $3,999. The first two people that DM me, DM our Twitter. You're on Twitter right now listening to this. The first two will get a $2,000 discount on that camp. We have a sponsor who stepped up to subsidize the rest of the way. $19.99 gets you the fantasy camp experience, and here is what that includes. You sign in and you walk right into Assembly Hall. You get your jersey and a gear package that's just waiting for you in the Indiana University men's basketball locker room. You go out on into the court. You warm up. You get evaluated by the IU men's basketball players. They go into a draft. They pick the teams. You then get to play a game on Assembly Hall's court Friday night. Uh, Friday night, there's a cocktail hour with the entire men's basketball team. The coaches will be there. You get to mingle and socialize. Saturday, you play a full-length game at Assembly Hall. It's, we'll have four teams there. On The seating will be determined by those games and margin of victory. Sunday. You play in a Final Four game. You then play in either the championship game or the third place game. You're going to get to play four games in Assembly Hall. You're going to get full access to the Players Lounge and the IU men's basketball locker room. You're going to have social functions. There's a, uh, a, another cocktail hour before the, um, before the Fan Fest on Saturday night. You get special access to the Spirit of 76 Club where this top cocktail hour will be. First two that DM me. 1999. I will reach out to you. We'll get you registered. You can also, if you don't want to play, by the way, I do have to say this. If you want to play and coach, you have to be over the age of 30. For playing, you have to be over the age of 30. Why? Because we don't want really good players. Yep, totally. That's actually not true. <laughs> there are some really good players playing. But what we really want is guys to have a good time. Uh, over the age of 30, this is your chance to live out a dream. So first two, DM, 1999. It's just going to be an incredible weekend. I got some shots up at the YMCA today. How did it feel? I was killing it. And every time, like, I was just putting them all in. And I knew I was like, damn it, I should be saving these. Like, there is no way this is going to happen in Bloomington in a couple of weeks. This is, you know, I, I, I wish that I wasn't giving myself any hope of performing well, especially when it comes to shooting the ball. But I felt it would be good rather than just hitting the treadmill or running around the neighborhood to, to do a little bit more of that stop, start, jumping, running kind sure. of stuff to, to try to prevent my heart from absolutely exploding on the day. When do you think you'll start shooting on a non-seven-foot basket? Oh, when I get to Assembly Hall. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, I got to get my I got to get my dunks in in the meantime. Yeah, got it. Um, 
I got shots in at my ex-wife's house. She's got a hoop up. Uh, the shots, you know, inconsistent, but, you know, didn't feel as bad as I thought it would. Um, but the knees were barking. And I realized mm -hmm. there is a better than 50% chance that I blow out an ACL or an Achilles during this. And you know what? It will be worth it. Well, and, and we, we can, I'm sure, just sort of relay excerpts of what will talk to us about that have nothing to do with this current employer, which was he said, as we told him, we thought this might be the end, our last hurrah on a basketball court. He said that all four years he was doing the fantasy camp during the Tom Crean era resulted in at least one very serious injury to a participant. So it like, look, there's a really good chance there's two of us there that it's going to be one of us. Yeah, I, it's just inevitable. And I think I told you this off air, but I'll say it again. I scheduled an appointment with an orthopedic doctor on Friday the 12th, I think it is, before we go out the next Tuesday. And I am going to beg him to give me two cortisone shots, one in each knee. You did tell me that. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I know that that uh, can help you from feeling pain. Will that actually do anything to help protect the structure of your knees? Or no. just when they blow out, maybe it won't hurt quite as bad? <laughs> I think what it will do is it just will make, until I blow it out, not as painful. Great, great. You want to have a good time and enjoy yourself. Now, I do have a, a slip disc in my lumbar region. Should I make an appointment with this guy, yes. too? Can you just shoot it right into my spine? I'll see if he'll give me one to go. Okay, yeah. I would, I would feel great about you injecting something into my spine. Uh, I would be happy to do it. Uh, really happy to do that, actually. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. Uh, so that, that's all happening. It's going to be incredible. By the way, we have one recipient. I won't say his name out loud, but he's listening live. We have one. We have one spot remaining, a $2,000 discount if you're over the age of 30 to have this incredible experience August 19th through the 21st. Believe me, you won't regret it. I realize it's a lot of money. I do. Um, and if you can afford it, you will never regret doing this as an experience of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, but for the rest of you, who maybe that's a little too rich for the blood. You want to see this IU men's basketball team play in August. And we get to see them on the court, three-point shooting contests. We're going to do some alley-oop contests. We're going to have them play a little bit of a scrimmage. This is really like the kickoff, our first chance to see Jalen Hood-Shafino, first chance to see Malik Renault. first chance to see Caleb and CJ, first chance to see Jalen throw a lob, a dunk to Trace. Like, it's going to be awesome. It's I'm going to be awesome. I'm not one to go in on watching recruits highlights much. I'll always give them five or 10 minutes of my time, but Jalen did put out some training videos he was doing. I think it was yesterday. At least that's when I saw him and it was just some shooting and stuff. I'm like, Oh, he's got a good looking shot. That form, that form is something we can work with, but seeing him run all the way up and down the court, like he's, he's pushing the offense to the other end and just the handle and the power and the speed, it, I've just I've never seen a guard like that at IU. Uh, it, it was like just the, the, the muscles were just so apparent, even from off the side of the court and what I'm sure was like an iPhone. But, but the whole package, it just there was a calmness 
even though he was working with great speed and his handle looked really smooth and fast, it was just like, man, that is that is going to be a sight to behold once this season gets going. But to get a sneak preview of that in person going against some very good teammates, I'm really excited that we're two weeks away from seeing that on Assembly Hall Court. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, I am totally with you. Uh, so that wraps up the HoosierFantasyExperience.com. For FanFest tickets, go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com. Get your FanFest tickets. It's going to be an incredible event. And then the last event I do want to mention again, same link, HoosierFantasyExperience.com. If you have kids, if you have neighbors, if you have grandkids, if you have friends that have kids, girls age, uh, grades 1 to 8, boys ages one, uh, grades 1 to 6, the IU women's basketball team, which is going to be a beast this year again, reloaded, not rebuild, reloaded. They are putting on a camp on Sunday the 21st, midday, at Cook Hall and Assembly Hall, where the IU women's basketball team puts these kids through their paces. They run drills, they run coaching, they play some games. It's an incredible experience. If you've got any kids, sign up for it. I believe the sign-up is only $75. Uh, And again, you're supporting NIL for all of this. So... Huge weekend. We can't wait to be there. Can't wait to meet all of you that are going. We still have the one slot left at $19.99 for the Fantasy Camp. Open to all of those of you listening live right now. Don't hesitate. I will say this, too. If you're like, you know, I'm over 30, but I can't play. I don't. I, my knees aren't good. I just don't think I'm, I'm going to play. You can have the same experience and be a coach. You can be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the IU men's basketball team coaching these teams. So if you want to be a coach, you could take the slot for that. You have all the same access, all the same gear, all the same experiences, and you get to participate in the draft and do the evaluations. If I'm being <laughs> honest, I would much rather do that because, <laughs> because the chances of being humiliated go from 100% to almost nil. And I just can't wait until I, I can excuse myself. I can let myself off the hook and be like, yeah, just coach now. Well, look, Ward, there is a better than 0% chance that you and I do the evaluations and the IU men's basketball team comes up to us and says, listen, guys, I think you guys should just coach. Yeah. Oh, I would, I, would, I would thank them. I would, I would be so grateful if they gave me an out from myself. Yeah, it would be really um, a welcome uh, interruption. <laughs> um, all right, so listen, we've got – I'm going to go to Phil here before we go into our segment. I'm going to go to Phil here who's been waiting patiently, Phil Rushenberg. Uh, let's get him on. Happy to answer any questions, hear any comments, any conversation starters. Phil, hit that microphone in the lower left so that we can hear can you. you. Are you there, Phil? Yes. How are I'm you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am great. What's awesome. going on? Not much, man. Beautiful sunset here in Iowa. Uh, just Ooh, listen nice. to your, okay. your uh, our Twitter spaces here. I got a couple questions about NIL, which I know you're obviously heavily involved in and I appreciate that. All IU alums appreciate that. I'm an IU alum, 2003. My wife is 2002. Question about NIL. Where are we at, as far as you know, related to other so-called blue bloods in basketball, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys, and Dukes? Okay. Uh, Great question. Uh, I'm going to hit it like with a two-pronged answer. Because I think so much of the NIL conversation – Uh, nationally has been driven 
by these stories of huge deals for certain players, yep. like the national story of Oscar Shibway getting $2 million or more. <laughs> the story of Nigel Pack getting a two-year deal for $400,000 a year. Quarterbacks getting huge money. In my experience doing this now for over a year, those are still outlier deals. Right. Those are not the norm. Now, have we signed a seven-figure deal with anybody? No. Do we plan to? I don't know, to be honest with you, because part of it is I don't think we need to. And the other part is that you also got to remember that some of those deals for some of those players, I'm talking about recruits now. The Oscar Shibway is different because he was college player of the year and decided mm -hmm. to stay at Kentucky. But like some of those guys, Indiana just doesn't want to even recruit. Yeah. You know, so I think there's that. So I would caution anybody from thinking that NIL is driven by those deals. Now, where do we rank versus those other schools? I don't have any transparency into the amount we've raised, uh, we've raised compared to what they've raised. Right. Most schools have, I will, I will pat Ward on the back and me on the back a little bit here and say that our collective was the first and we have done really well. We are super competitive in the big 10. I will tell you, I think we are the leader when it comes to NIL. That's and awesome. I think we are just growing. Now, I do think Kentucky and North Carolina and Duke have some advantages that we didn't have going in, in that, and I'll just say it. They cheated. They, yeah, they had mechanisms for paying <laughs> players before. Sure. Okay? Sure. Like, it's not a secret. They right. had that mechanism. Indiana did not. Now, let me, let me be clear here. I'm also not saying that Indiana was always squeaky clean in recruitments, okay? <laughs> but, but we did not have the big-time boosters that were willing to pay players directly. It's not what Indiana wants. It's not the fabric of the program or the institution, and it's not going to be going forward. We do things well, by the book, and we play by the rules, but we're hyper-aggressive. And, and along those lines, it is about changing – a culture that reaches back into the seventies. You know, when Johnny Wooden was buying championships left and right, and then coach Knight comes in and he goes undefeated without paying a penny. <laughs> right. You, you have, you have like multiple generations of IU fans being like, see, that's how, that's how you get it done the right way. Well, you need to have the greatest basketball mind of all time to pull that off. Um, and so in this day and age where it is now, legal and expected and the norm for these players to get paid uh you know again depending on how much maybe they're contributing how big of a draw they are and stuff like that there's no set parameters for that but that we've been able to and eric has been tireless in the conversations he's had it's really so much about not only educating and informing a lot of deep-pocketed Hoosier alums who love the basketball program about this new, very legal reality. But it's that um, in order to stay competitive, you know, it's like, no, we, you know, Woody's been doing great. But if he's already working at a disadvantage against those programs you named, not only because of the mechanisms in place, but because they've been awesome for the last 20 years, you know, that, right. that we're going to need a certain uh, uh, amount of, of money that we're, we're getting into the hands of our current players for the recruits to see that, to hear about that, to know about that. But finally, when you talk about the Dukes and North Carolinas and Kentuckys, let's throw Kansas in there. Right. You, you still have a lot of like five stars 
to who are up for the grabs every year and a whole ton of four stars that are borderline or could raise their ceiling up into what those guys produce. So even if we're not at that level in, in several different reasons, there's still so much great talent out there that the amount of money we have been able to raise and the deals we have been able to make, we're going to have good enough players for Coach Woodson to compete with those other programs year in and year out. Totally agree with what Ward said there. Um, I also want to say, like, I think most of you probably know that within 24, well, I shouldn't say 24 hours, within seconds of being informed by IU compliance that Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Malik Renault were eligible to negotiate NIL deals, we were on the phone with both and their families. Good. And we Great. closed deals with them within the next 24 hours. And we announced them. Both Malik and Jalen are Hoosier Hysterics NIL collective ambassadors. They will do promotional work for us. And those deals were significant deals. I, I, I've said this a bunch on message boards. I, I will not reveal like what a specific deal was for, for many reasons. One is it's not my business to say what somebody gets, what their income is. If they want to say it publicly, totally up to them. Most right. of them don't want to. But also, from a negotiating standpoint, how smart would that be for me to say what people got? That would not be right. a, a smart thing. But and, and we do keep an eye on locker room chemistry. Yes. Too. And, you know, which that's, is why, that's Ward, which is why yeah. this weekend of Fan Fest and Fantasy Camp and golf and clinic from the women is so important because everybody shares in that pot. It's a team activity. Last year, everybody on the team, including walk-ons, got a little bit of money. Now, some of you may say, why are walk-ons getting a little bit of money? The reason is because we know through our conversations that that is important to Indiana University's team culture, that everybody shares. They don't share the same as scholarship players, but, but they do get some. So it's why those events are so important. And I can tell you, Malik Renault and Jalen Huchafino, ecstatic about being ambassadors, and there is ample evidence that they have communicated how happy they are to people at Mount Verde, to recruits that have come on <laughs> campus, to friends of theirs in future classes. And that's why it's so important for us to continue to raise money at hhnil.com. And we get a ton of money from everybody, you know, from people who contribute $5 a month to $100 a month to a one-time contribution of $500. Uh, and we appreciate every single penny. So if you haven't done it yet, or if you gave a one-time contribution and you want to set up a monthly, go to hhnil.com. It's super easy. It's through PayPal. And we can set up a, a recurring payment from you. So that was a long answer. But does that help? Does that help answer your question? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the one school that you think of with basketball in the Big Ten is Michigan State. You know, how are we compared to Michigan State, maybe Wisconsin, Ohio State? Ohio State's probably more football. Same with Michigan. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not scared of any one of those schools and what we're doing. Yeah. And also, Hoosiers for good. I want to give them a yeah. shout-out. They're doing yep. good stuff, too. But Big announcement yesterday. With yeah. Right. Um, you know, obviously, we there are different focuses for each of us. Hoosiers for good is a different focus. They're broader. They made an announcement yesterday where they made deals with 11 basketball players, 10 men, one woman, Sydney Parrish. But they've also made deals with other athletes, and they're going to continue to have more of a holistic approach. We are hyper-focused on basketball because we believe that basketball in Indiana is the rising tide that lifts all ships. And if we get Indiana right, then all that – if we get Indiana basketball right, that other stuff is going to start to fix itself. 
and it will right. it will allow us to raise more for that. But we're hyper focused on basketball, and we're hyper focused on being strategic about who we make deals with. It's well. Yeah, I can I I can talk anecdotally. I talked to somebody who's very tied into uh, the power structure there at Ohio State. To your point about football, and yes, the focus there, of course, is on football, which I'm fine with. Uh, but he said, you know, it's kind of amazing. There's like four different factions and that they're really struggling to get their their shit together. They're just like not quite sure what to do and how to do it. And it seems like that's a case where here here is a school with endless resources financially. But when you don't have clear leadership and and whether it's Eric of the hysterics or, or Fred Glass of Hoosiers for good, I Not anymore. Are... I think Fred's out of that. Oh, well, he was on the uh, press release yesterday. Oh, was he? Okay. Because I know he took a new job. I think he's transitioning out of that. Okay. Um, but it looked but, like he know, was more of a lawyer, more of the yeah. legal consulting yeah. thing. Yeah. But, you know, he held the, that up and going. Yeah, and sure. So, but there's, there's really defined priorities. And they are different between us and them. And that's a really good thing because we're covering more bases that way. And so like just hearing that Buckeye kind of bitch and moan, I was like, this is awesome. Keep it coming because it just, you don't, you don't get those stories, the insider stories from other schools very often because no, nobody wants to really either divulge trade secrets that are working for them or confess that it's not going that well. But we can all be a little bit happy that uh, Columbus, uh, they don't know what they're doing. And I will tell you this. I have been personally called or reached out to via text by at least I can't I'm not going to count them up all right now because I can't think of what the total number is. But I know two Big Ten school assistant coaches have called us to ask us to help them how to build an NIL collective. How does it work? (laughs) And the answer that we give them is always the same. No hablo ingles. (laughs) Right. So uh, that has happened um, there, that we've gotten phone calls from outside of the Big Ten and we have zero interest in helping anyone else. So your contributions, Good answer. contributions <laughs> at, at HHNIL are, are extremely meaningful. So there you go, Phil. Anything else you got for us? Yeah. The, well, you might, I guess I mentioned football. I mean, have you got is anything going on with football? Because I think there's not, you know, the NIL thing, right, wrong or whatever you think about it could really help our football program and i understand you guys are focused on basketball and i i'm a i'm a basketball fan more than a football fan but our football program i think could really benefit from a really strong nil program yeah Have you guys heard anything with the football well, program there and i mean here here's the honest truth we've yeah. made a couple football deals and we're going to be strategic about that there yeah. are some people who give us money and say they really want it used for football, and we will absolutely honor those. But the, the truth is, for football and for NIL at Indiana for football to really sure. take off, they are going to have to show progress on the field. What, what happened last year killed them. Oh, if, oh yeah. If, if that didn't happen last year, if we won six games and made a bowl game, hell, if we won five games and we're on the cusp of a bowl game, <laughs> it would be different. But last year on the field was such a step backwards that I'll just be honest, the conversations that I have with the people with significant money, they, they, they're more wait and see with football. They want to help basketball. And I agree with you. 
But I will also say this. I don't think you're going to see a program that sucks in football decide to go heavy in NIL, and all of a sudden that football program is going to be great. I don't think that's going to happen. I I don't think you're going to find a bunch of rich donors at, you know, Vanderbilt. I don't know. Does Vanderbilt even have a football team? I don't even know. But, <laughs> but I, I, my point is you're not going to find a bad football team that kills it in NIL and they're all of a sudden going to be great in football and super competitive. The players, NIL is not the only reason people decide to go to a school. It isn't. And, and I think that that gets lost in this conversation too. Even with the big deals that have been out there, going, you know, Nigel Pack going to Miami, Mm-hmm. Could NIL have been a tipping point decision? Sure. But he was also going from a shitty team at Kansas State, playing in a shitty basketball conference, and he got to go to the ACC, where he's going to play Duke in North Carolina, for Jim Laranega, who, didn't they go to the Sweet 16 last year? I think, or maybe even Elite Eight? Yeah, like, they've had success. Right. And, yep. and so when you read about all these deals, they're not deals being made at schools that suck. In, in the sport, these kids still are making decisions on what is best for their future in the sport. So I wouldn't get lost in that. I, I want to help football. We love Tom Allen. We love him. I mean, he's been well, so well, good to us. And, and look, I think you, you, we are so hyper-focused on getting IU basketball to where it needs to be. And, to and building the, so. yeah. yeah, the culture around NIL uh, and the mentality towards it to, to make sure IU gets there. And once we get into a place, I believe, where uh, that, that money comes in, not just for uh, a weekend like this weekend or not for like one big check or, or a, a smaller contributing check. W- once we can kind of sit back and be like, OK, this is somewhat self-sustaining as long as we keep winning and we have these people who realize uh, a big part of that winning has been their contributions and we can count on them year in and year out. And know, okay, good. And and look, as as maybe more schools get more money in, and we have to raise the level a l- little bit to stay ahead of the competition, sure. But then that starts to create a little bit of breathing room in the conversations. Or if somebody new is introduced into the fold, to being like, okay, look, both for the long term health of of IU basketball and the athletic department as a whole, and the school's brand as a whole. Let's start to focus on football. And you know, yes, like if Tom Allen can actually have a healthy quarterback this year and uh, a coordinator uh, there. Obviously there was a, se- a severely lacking offensive coordinator last year and start to, to move it back in the right direction that mm. all those things could time out as we move forward um, to really help. Because I, I don't think the fears are completely unfounded about the long-term future of Indiana in the big 10 conference. And the last thing we'd want to do is be left behind because football's lacking but I think this whole process is a marathon, not a race. And, and we certainly want to, for, for football to be one of the very first boats that rise on the basketball tide. Let, can I, I want to add one thing to what Ward said. Not a disagreement, but a, a tweak a little bit. Bring I agree it. That, that it is a marathon, but it is also a race. It is both. It's a right. sprint. It's a sprint and a marathon. Because... We don't, all the reasons Ward laid out before at the advantages that those other big time schools have, we, we haven't had those recently. And so we need to sprint to catch up as quickly as possible. Well, and I, so, I was talking about football though. To yeah. Me. Well, okay. and, and I want to say this about football, and this is the other challenge with football. You know, Steve Morgan from 
from our beloved Straight No Chaser tweeted this just recently, uh, just tonight. I think he's listening. Let the Buckeyes take $13 million off the top of their NIL to go to football can only make our basketball stronger. And, and it's a great point. That's what I think Ryan Day came out and said he needed in NIL for football. Well, there is just a practical reason why football is harder. There's a thousand people on a football team. And to, yeah. to affect any real change, even to affect any real change for Indiana football, it's not one or two players. You know, you're talking about a dozen, 20, that, that you would have to upgrade in such a way to make any real impact. And then that doesn't even happen in year one because football is such a grueling sport. How many big-time four-star football players you just never even hear from again? So whereas in basketball, two players a year, you've changed the dynamic of your team. So I, I think that basketball is, for all the reasons we've talked about and for just the practical reason of, it is the one that we can affect the most change the most quickly. And if we do that, it will help us with the marathon that Ward talked about. Yeah, I mean, but Ward talked about Ohio State football. I, I, I was kind of surprised that they're struggling getting an NIL thing organized and put together. If Indiana could, and I'm not, saying what you guys are doing is wrong at all. I think what you guys are absolutely right on. I mean, basketball is in Indiana's DNA, right? I mean, that's just yeah. what we that's what we are. But man, if Indiana football could get that NIL thing going ahead of the curve of the Ohio States, which it sounds like we might be able to. I don't mm. know where Michigan is. But I, I just don't that don't, could help. Man, it, it could help with everything. Oh, football is a big money driver. Totally. I agree yeah, with that. You know, I agree. I have yeah. no disagreement with an, an ideal world. Yes. Right. But the amount of money that you need to raise to affect the change you want in football is not practical right now at Indiana. It just sure. isn't. And that, right. that, that can piss us all off, but it isn't. <laughs> I mean, the people with the money at Indiana are more focused on basketball than they are on football. And they want to get basketball right before they start splitting the baby and giving some to basketball and some to football. So that's kind of where we are. But I do have faith in Tom Allen that this year is going to be a much better year. I do. And I think that will, that will help the pitch for NIL to add fuel to his rocket ship. Did you make up the phrase splitting the baby? I don't think I've heard that before. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's a, that's a common phrase. Is it? Oh yeah. It's it's, it's, it's throwing the the baby out with the bathwater. I think is that's one. No, but splitting the, <laughs> splitting the baby is like a biblical <laughs> phrase. Right. I mean, it does definitely sound old. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Now, now see, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get bamboozled here. Splitting the baby. Somebody's got to help me out here. But I believe how it's many, a li- let's see, by a show of hands out there. How many people have heard or used the phrase splitting the baby? <laughs> I, I i don't see many people um, i don't see anything so <laughs> yeah don't see much of anything no well like i'm a o for a, a o for 140 <laughs> did you know what i meant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there we go yeah i'm I not going to take credit <laughs> for it no but... you should this is like this is your creativity coming to the fore yeah. all right phil thanks so much buddy Thank you, guys. I appreciate good. you taking my request. Have a good night. You too. You. Be good. Take care, brother. Yep. All right, Thank let's you. get through a couple more here. Kaiser Soze. That's mm. not going to – I mean, I like the name, but it's not going to work for us. We need a real name. Let's get Kaiser Soze on here. Kaiser, go ahead and hit that microphone in the lower left so we can hear it, you. It's actually Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, man. We got to end Man, this. I fucking wish. We got to end I this. fucking wish. <laughs> 
No, you don't. No, you well, don't. Well, no, 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 no. Not a <laughs> popular, no. former popularity before the, all the allegations. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. That's fair enough. Um, before you, you mean before the child rape? That's what you're saying. Before did that. it actually get Ooh. confirmed? Because I'm going to be honest, I saw the allegations, never saw anything. Yeah, I mean, the guy is a dirtbag. Uh, he was a sexually assaulting uh, underage. Yeah, that's boys. disgusting. Okay, I, I completely do. take back what I said. <laughs> I do. I do I, it's one of those Hollywood stories. I came out here as a young man. I went to a Hollywood club. Kevin Spacey was in that club. I looked over at Kevin Spacey. He was surrounded by several young men, oh, uh, and he locked eyes with me, and it freaked me out. He tracked me across the whole room, and I, I never looked in that corner the rest of the night. It was, it was, this was way before any of this stuff broke. But oh, like, when he's looking right into your eyes that way, there's no doubt about what he's thinking. All right. Well, this has definitely taken a turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kaiser, Kaiser, what is your real name? Cole. My real name's Cole. Cole. Right, I met you. Guys, I met you guys the night of uh, the Bob Knight return. One nice, oh, yeah, nice, great yeah. night, great night, historic yes, night. Definitely, definitely, super cool. I was a student at the time. Uh, awesome. So, anyways, my question was more towards uh, your comments earlier. You're talking about okay, if we miss on recruits, the staff has a lot of confidence in the transfer port. Yeah. So, I guess you know, Rabbi's reported multiple times. This staff doesn't want to live or die by the transfer portal. Uh, yeah, live or die. Yeah, I think that's a key phrase, though. Right, it is. It is. And so, you know, we got a lot of minutes opening up next year. We get a Wait, lot uh, of- Cole, let me also just throw in real quick. Those comments about, you know, the transfer portal and kind of like dissing it a little bit also happened after we didn't get anybody from the transfer portal. That's fair. So let's just, just keep that in mind. I think that there's always some... PR spin that's going on when you hear comments like that from coaches. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. If the transfer portal could provide us a 42% three-point shooter, believe me, they will extol the virtues of the transfer portal. Right. I get I get that. I get that. But, okay, so let's say next year, let's say you, you mentioned we lose all five starters. Yeah. So my question really revolves around Woodson's system. So we've heard time and time again, Woodson's system takes a little bit to learn. He is a, has a PhD in basketball. You know what I mean? Yep. So we get one year, two years maybe of these guys that come in from the transfer portal. How, how do we get that chemistry? Well, look, that is the danger. It's a good question because you have, uh, and this is why, you know, certain teams in certain years, you're like, oh, this is the year you really got to keep an eye on them. And we've got that right now. And I think to your point, what we have to hope is the guys like Scoop and Geronimo and Malik, who's already a problem, as Trace Jackson Davis said, you know, that some of these guys are waiting in the wings, part of the rotation this year, have a chemistry going on, and then that the whole roster awaiting, whether it be freshmen or transfer portal guys, are so coached up that they are, in fact, other coaches on the floor for the new players. So especially if you're talking about a transfer portal guy or a stud freshman who we need to contribute right away, they're surrounded by even, let's say, if we lose six or seven guys off the roster, we have three or four who are getting really meaningful minutes this year. And and there's no doubt, like, it's going to have that chemistry is going to have to realign in a new formation. But if that system you spoke of 
physical is so uh, embedded in the DNA of the program by year three, then it should be much of a shorter, easier learning curve for people stepping into it. I, I, I totally echo what Ward just said. I mean, it is even a, a year in Woody's system, even having one year in it, which all the guys that are on the team now have had, we've heard how much that's helping in practice and drills and, right. and, and, just, and just fitting in. And even if we lose the starting five, we got potentially eight other players that have lived Woody's system for a year that can help transfers fit in better, help freshmen fit in better. And, and back to your comment about the living or dying, look, we have two recruits right now for the class of 2023, and they seem like somewhat foundational pieces. You have Gabe Cups, who everybody expects to be a four-year point guard. You have Ja'Kai Newton, who's just scratching the surface of his potential, who's yeah. definitely going to be a multi-year guy. And then if we get Arrington Page, you've got a multi-year center. That's a good foundation for a class. And then you see what happens in the spring. Maybe another Malik Renault pops up. Maybe a Tamar Bates pops up. And maybe you get a guy from the transfer portal. So I think that we're in much better shape to take advantage of the transfer portal for a variety of reasons next year. Um, and, and don't forget, like, Xavier Johnson just showed up last year. Miller Cop, for, for some of the shooting struggles he had, was locked in defensively at the end of the year. So those are two guys, first year at IU, everybody's first year in Woody's system. And certainly by the end of the year, I mean, X was so instrumental in uh, that run we made. And, and those guys are back this year. So I do think the transfer portal guys aren't necessarily like one year uh, specialist, specialist, uh, specialty, specialist? specialists, specialists. Are you trying to say? <laughs> I, I'm special. Okay. That's you, I do. I do want to bring up that earlier. You also said up for the grabs. So if we're going to shit on me for splitting the baby, up for the grabs is not a phrase. Up for no. grabs is a phrase. Yeah, no, thank you for explaining that to me. I threw in an extra insignificant the. word that didn't take at all away <laughs> from the meaning. You all knew just what I meant. And again, this is about creativity. I don't want to say some other cliche <laughs> that other people have been using for years. I'm, yeah. I'm not, put my own stank on it. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I hear you. And but 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 you know what, to your point, Ward, and I think this is nothing to think about. Woody and Yah, and I'm sorry, Yah, uh, Yah and Kenya and, and Dane a year ago and now Walsh, a year ago, they had no real idea of who was the right guy for Woody's system. And they missed on some guys. Dur Michael Dorr turned out not to be the right guy. Even though, look, I'm not sure we win the game against Purdue without Michael Dorr. He came in and gave us some really big minutes. Obviously, you don't get a guy for one game. But, you know, Michael Dorr didn't work out. Parker Stewart didn't work out. I do think now that Yah and Kenya and Walsh have had a year of Woody's system, they will be better about thinking about what are the right guys in the transfer portal to target. So I think everything gets a little easier as we move forward. Doesn't it seem like last year, though, that – I mean, even in this past offseason, they narrowed in a little bit closer. I mean, even though we missed, it did seem like that they were hitting – I don't know. It seemed like – I get, I get it. Michael Durr was a need in a way. We need another big to spell some right. minutes. But I felt like even this year, you know, the guy from West Virginia, uh, I can't yeah. remember his name right now. I think now. it was McNeely. I think it was another McNeely. Yeah. Or McNeil. Yeah. McNeil. McNeil. So. McNeil, yeah. And then uh, the guy from Wichita State. It, yeah. it just seemed like they did, like, it was like they were a little more dialed in on who they chose there. Yeah, and look, they wanted a shooter. But 
Yeah. There, it wasn't there. Like, there wasn't a shooter that they thought was so good and, and this is the key part, that would be interested in us. Like, there wasn't that guy there. So they didn't, they weren't able to go get that guy. And then, look, they kind of backed, they didn't go all in on McNeil, that recruitment. They wanted Dexter Dennis. They would have taken him, you know, if he would have shown up. But you're right. They were really dialed in and strategic. I think next year it may be a little bit more open. I think they're definitely going to go for a big man in the transfer portal. I think that when you look at this year's team, you know, we have Trace, Race, Malik Renault, Logan Duncan on the team. Trace and Race are definitely gone next year. So let's assume Logan comes back and Malik comes back. You bump those guys up. You're still down two big men. So Arrington right. Page is a freshman. How much can you count on him if he commits? So I think they're going to want another big man that can be productive. And there will be minutes for them because you're losing Trace and Race. So right. I think they'll definitely go for that. And I think they will always be on the lookout for shooting. But it's not... This is not a supermarket. You don't get to go into the transfer portal and just pick the guy you want and sign him. The guy has to want to come to you also. And and they don't always want to for many reasons. Right. So we're going to see what happens like, like, next year. Like if they're stupid, then they don't want to come to IU. Yeah, like if they're dumb, if they're mentally challenged. That's clearly the only reason I can think of. All right, Cole, you be good, man. All right, thanks. You guys have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Cole. Bye, buddy. All right, let's get to our man, straight no chaser zone, Steve Morgan, one of our favorite people. Been totally. After Steve, I just saw Jen, Jen, Jennifer put out on Twitter. She wanted to know what other legends were going to be around that weekend. Maybe you could give us a laundry list of who's confirmed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't say a hundred percent when they'll be around, but but around that weekend will be Ted Kitchell, Joe Hillman. Randy Whitman, Brian Evans, Derek Elston, George Leach, John Leskowski, Lance Stemler, Todd Leary, and we're still working on others. So there you go. Enough for me. But, yeah, as that stuff gets confirmed, we'll put it out there if we can. Steve, how are you? Uh oh. I'm well, boys. Are we How are you? Technical issues with Steve. Oh, there, there we go. There How are you, man? The sweet oh, sound can, of Steve. Can you hear me? Yep, we got gotcha. you. Yes. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. There it happening. is. There it is. We heard the laughter. Okay. No, we hear you. Go for it, Steve. Okay. Well, so uh, I know that so much of this, all this money that we're talking about, it seems to all be predicated on football right now. I mean, this seems to be like the, the, the going concern moving into the future. With when we're talking about these these big contracts for content, for, uh, for network content. Doesn't it seem yeah. like some of that will maybe go more towards basketball where there is more content for more of the year, for, for more dates on the calendar? Do you think that'll ever change the dynamics of, of the, the money or the importance? Even though I know basketball is not bringing in the revenue per game. I don't know. Just something I've been right. noodling on. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it's hard to say because, look, there was a time when – Baseball was the national pastime and did giant ratings on television. And now it doesn't. Still very valuable. You know, there, there was a time where NFL did not do the ratings that it does or college football. And that has changed as America became more of a football country. So could it change in 20 years, 10, 20 years? Possibly. I think the issue is, 
you know, it's not even just about the revenue from the game, Steve. It is much more about what advertisers are willing to pay in television ratings. And right now, advertisers are, re- are willing and ready to blow their brains out to advertise on football games because they know that's where the biggest audience is. So that is what drives the majority of the revenue that we're talking about that drives the TV deals and the rights deals. Could that change? Sure. I also think that people should realize, like, basketball isn't unimportant. It's still a big piece of the puzzle. Um, but football is clearly the lion's share and the, and the big deal. It's why USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten because of football and the L.A. market. Sure. So I, what, could it change over the long haul? Yeah, I don't think it's going to change any. There's not going to be any significant change over the next three to five years, I don't think. I don't think that's how quick yeah. those things I, move I, yeah, I know, from my experience. I agree. Basketball's. Basketball is still a solid number two. I was just, I guess, I was just wondering if those rates are three times what they are for football, or, or for football what they are for basketball, because of you know just the, the sheer volume of uh, of content that can be out there. Yeah, it's well, a good, but you, it's you've a good also got to you've got to also think about you know uh, even capacity for football games in some of these stadiums with a hundred thousand people in them that how quickly that eclipses, you know, one football game is worth five plus basketball games in attendance. And that's, that's if you're at assembly hall with a sold out crowd. So if you're talking about Minnesota Northwestern, it's like football revenue, even in person and concession sales, it just comes at you from so many ways because like the number of players on the field, the number of people in the stands is enormous. Yeah. I, oh, I totally I, agree. I agree. It's just um, as we as we focus more on the content that is on these networks, because that's what's driving up these prices. We're talking about content, yeah. right? For from here to there, if if it's content that's on the networks to drive it per event, I don't know. Just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, but but you know what what happens in these deals for advertising deals? You know, an advertiser wants to be in the Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State football game like they they desperate to be in that. Well, then the network says, "Okay, we want you. We'll give you that for a super premium. But you also have to buy run of schedule ads, which Mm. is just money that goes to the network that they they can allocate anywhere. Okay, we'll give you three basketball games. We'll put you in the like a lot of the cable networks, especially when they sell advertising, they sell it on run of schedule, which means that an advertiser gives them money and then the. The network puts it wherever they want. The advertiser has a has a say in it, and football drives that. It it, it football drives all of that. Football even drives some basketball revenue. Um, so right now, that's just where it is. I mean, if you look at ratings, like look at college football ratings for a giant college football game in the middle of the year, you know, regular season game when it's Georgia versus Alabama, versus like a Kentucky versus Michigan State basketball game in you know, what the equivalent would be in like December, you, you are talking, I mean, it is, it's not even the same atmosphere that, that we're talking about. The, the football right. rating for that game, you are talking about many X more than the basketball game. And so, and, and for an advertiser, that's where they want to be because they know that that's their best chance at a return on, on investment. So I don't think that until ratings come down and, and the ratings equal out, that's not going to change. Steve, if we can take a complete left turn here, 
and just talk about, because I don't think we've had a chance to on a Twitter spaces with you about how wonderful the community cars Diddy is oh. and how every time I drop that into the, the project <laughs> and I get to listen to it and find out just the right spot at the fade out to drop our voices back in. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to you on a daily basis, my friend. Pleasure was all mine. Yeah, I, was, I, I came up with that while I was out running and actually recorded it when we were uh, doing some shows in Anchorage, Alaska. So it was a fun day. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> By the way, wow. I, I, we got a tweet from Dominator that says, <laughs> I just have to put this in, it's so good, said, apparently Kevin Spacey is, quote, up for the grabs. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> All right, Steve, you be good, man. See you guys. Take care. Bye. Uh, let's get our buddy Kyle Mulbauer in, who we've talked to several times. And then, oh, I do see we have a special guest. Do you see our special guest there, Ward? Mm, let's see. I, I'm Former IU basketball player listening in. Maybe we can get him to talk. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Oh, you don't have to scroll that far. He's near the top. Kyle, how are you? No, pretty good. Um, no, like, I just kind of wanted to chime in a little bit more about NIL. You know, I know right now a lot of this stuff, it's kind of like driven by the fans. But do you think it's ever going to get to the point where, you know, like I know we're in Adidas school where Adidas decides to sign like maybe a guy like Trace Jackson Davis to like a shoe deal and have like a one year like signature TJDs like type shoe or, you know, when are the apparel companies you think going to really start to dive into the NIL world? I think Nike has, I think they're starting to make real uh, noise with schools like Duke and um, Oregon where, where they were helping before and now they're putting more money on the table. Uh, I think, yes, Adidas has announced that they're going to try to get into NIL. They haven't made a huge splash yet, but the answer is yes. There are like some issues with, Obviously, like if you're Adidas and you want to sign a kid to wear your shoe, you can't do it at a non-Adidas school. So that causes a bit of a conflict uh, there. But yes, I think that it's just a matter of time because it's the same reason that the agents are signing these kids to deals for NIL. Because they don't care about the NIL money. They want, they're betting on the come. They're betting on let's get our hooks into these kids early. And then for the, we sign a hundred kids. If two of them get to that second NBA contract or NFL contract and marketing money, we just, we just paid for everything. So I think the shoe companies are going to do the same thing. Get your hooks in early. And so when that kid comes, becomes a professional, then you go out and you make your personal services marketing deal and you already have your hooks in it. So yes, I think that that, that is, that will come in short order for sure. I think it's a good point too. I mean, do you think that that's something, though, that's, like, going to drive, like, IU, you know, the next time, like, they're negotiating with, like, an Adidas saying, you know, hey, if you don't step up to the plate with NIL, maybe we're going to take a look at Nike or maybe we're going to take a look at Under Armour? No, I don't. <laughs> Just plainly, I, I don't think it's that sophisticated yet. Indiana's about to enter into those conversations now because the deal is coming up soon. I, I don't think Indiana will have the leverage to force an NIL contribution like that that's sizable, uh, that's a threat that, that the companies would think are viable enough. The, the unfortunate thing about that situation that I use kind of stuck in is that having gotten into bed with Adidas, well, you have the Ohio States and, you know, the, the Michigans uh, with Nike, that Nike feels pretty good about their footprint in the Midwest and the Big Ten. 
and therefore IU is not as valuable as it could be, whereas Adidas uh, scrapping for some of that market is willing to pay Indiana more. And, you know, look, there's there's a lot of uh, pros and cons of like, oh, well, we're getting more money, so let's go with this. But then you also have recruits who'd rather be wearing Nike brand stuff. So it's it's a pretty complicated issue. But, you know, it kind of depends on who you talk to of like, well, well, as they enter into these negotiations, you know, what's the priority? And, and is it about like the cool factor for the kids or the bottom line for the athletic department? Yeah. All right, Kyle. Be good, buddy. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Kyle. Bye. All right, Ward. I think it's time to do our abbreviated Reasonable Roberts and Even Keel Eric segment. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Should I should I smoke a bowl real quick? Oh, yeah. Just get mellowed out, dude. Just get mellowed out. (laughs) All right. So here I want to talk about. And we are part of this. Our fan base is irrational, which we we own. We are the kings of irrationality and irrationability. Mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. word that you you invented because of your creativity. That's right. Imagination, baby. That our irrational reaction and expectations and um, evaluations of recruiting. Mm-hmm. So here's where we are from a okay. fan base. Mm-hmm. The big narrative that we have heard that has been promoted, and we are part of this, is that Woody is like a warlock of closing deals he swaggers in he swaggers in closes the deal pours himself a cup of coffee yes and if we just get the kids on campus he's going to close the deals and as evidence to prove that point people have pointed to namely tamar bates jalen hochefino malik renault yes there's also the gabe cups and the and shakai newton but they were on a different level of recruiting and what I want to say about this in a reasonable way, especially now as we're seeing some recruitments that we there's a likelihood we don't close, mm-hmm. is that that like warlock wizardry status that we gave Woody is unfair to Woody and the program and also not really accurate because he has done a really good job in closing those deals and those recruitments. But there are extenuating circumstances for each one of those that you have to look at individually. And you can't just lump them all in and go, it was a short recruitment, he closed. The, and I'm going to start with Tamar Bates. We love Scoop. Tamar Bates had committed to Shaka Smart and Texas. And then sometime in the beginning of April of 2021, right? Yeah, 21. Correct. Shaka Smart left and went to Marquette. They didn't want to go to Marquette with him. They didn't want to go up to Wisconsin. Okay? And it was very important for that family, for Tamar, to play for an African-American head coach. They're an extremely proud family. That is important to them. They thought that 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 would be um, a coach that would understand more of Tamar's background and he could relate to him better. That was important to them. And, And God bless them. That is their decision. That narrowed the pool of potential head coaches at power five schools with good programs to like three programs. Like there just aren't many. And they had to make a decision within four weeks. And we came in with a lot of bluster, good bluster and Woody, and he closed that deal. 
Swagger. I swagger. Think swagger. Yeah, swagger. And it was great. But that's there were all uh, there were a bunch of other circumstances that led to that recruitment landing. And God bless Woody for making it happen. Let's go to Jalen Hutchifino. Kenya Hunter had built a relationship with Kenya with Jalen Hutchifino for like two years. He recruited, he was one of the first guys that he reached out to when he came to work for Archie because he was connected to the East Coast area. He knew the programs. He knew the family. He knew his mom. And Kenya worked like hell at that for two years. So yes, Woody closed that deal, but Kenya built the groundwork for that for two years. And then Woody closed it. And again, he deserves credit for closing. Then there was Malik Renault. Malik Renault was fully committed to Florida. And then Mike White left Florida to go to Georgia, and Malik didn't want to go to Georgia. And Malik had a month to make a decision. And his best friend played on his high school team, was at Mount Verde with him, decided to go to Indiana, and was putting it in his ear. You got to go to Indiana. You got to go to Indiana. And we got him on campus, thanks to Kenya Hunter, and then Woody closed that deal. Thank God he did. But to look at those three and just paint this broad picture that, like, just get him on campus and then he'll close them. And then when he doesn't close, like, uh, uh, if he doesn't close the Jamie Kaiser one or the Deshaun Harris Smith one, you know, or wasn't able to get real traction with Andre uh, Stoyakovich, the reaction that you already see is like people really freaking out about it. And, and I, I don't think that either narrative is correct. I don't think the narrative that he's somehow the greatest closer in the game is correct. And I don't think the narrative that, oh, my God, the sky is falling now is correct. It is somewhere in the middle. He's really good at closing. But you also have to build long-term relationships with a lot of kids. And geographical advantages matter. Like, they may end up mattering for Jamie Kaiser. And building relationships with the head coach will matter. And it's not taking anything away from Woody. I actually think the narrative that he is this like wizard of a closer is unfair to him because it sets an expectation that is impossible to meet consistently. And I think that sky is falling because if we don't get two of these three guys, or even if we don't get all three is also not fair. So that's where even kill Eric comes in to say, this is the reality. And before I turn the table to turn it over to you, Ward, Mm -hmm. here's the other thing. I'm not guessing on this, to quote the great Jeff Rabjohns. Oh, it's the phrase. Even these, for the major, vast majority of kids we are recruiting today, and I'm counting in-state kids with it, this is... Uh-oh. Did I lose your word? You did. Okay, sorry, You're I'm back. back. Or, 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 yeah, or this knows me. This definitely applies more to out-of-state kids, but it does apply to in-state kids, too. They do not overwhelmingly look at Indiana as a blue blood college basketball program. They don't. They don't walk into the recruitments thinking that Indiana is anywhere near the level of Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga. You could probably throw Virginia in there, Villanova. We are not at that level. In the eyes of these kids, we're just Indiana. They are 17-year-old kids, 16-year-old kids. They've, by the time they were watching basketball, they maybe saw us in one sweet 16. We haven't been in a Final Four. They don't know the legacy of Indiana. They don't know Calbert Chaney and Damon Bailey. They barely know uh, Eric Gordon. 
I mean, they they know him, but they don't necessarily tie Eric Gordon to Indiana. And that is a um a, a starting point in almost all of these recruitments where our coaches are trying to impart to these kids, no, 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 you got it wrong. Let us teach you what Indiana really is. And when you walk into Assembly Hall, that helps. And when you see the national championship banners, that helps. And when you get noticed by fans at you know on Kirkwood and walking around campus, that helps. But it doesn't change overnight a kid who's got 15 years of built-in, no, these are the schools that are the Blue Bloods, and Indiana's not one of them. We are fighting that. Uh, this is not a guess. We are fighting that. So as we get involved in more top-end recruitments against big-name schools, that is another disadvantage that we have to overcome. And I don't care how good Woody is as a closer, that disadvantage will hurt us, and we will lose recruitments in some part because we're not at that level yet. We may very well get there, and we have faith in Woody to get us there. But I just think it's worth everybody realizing that that is the world that we are recruiting in. And I wanted yeah. to throw that out. Well, and it's, it speaks to how well this staff has done in spite of that. Because, yes, when we get them on campus and the education can really begin in first person, visually, uh, that, that is uh, a long uh, way of, of getting, I should say, a fast way of getting them caught up to speed. But, you know, that we have a number one Big Ten recruiting class when clearly Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Wisconsin – have all been far superior to us for the vast majority of the last couple of decades. Right. That it really recruits, uh, it really uh, resonates of just what a good job these guys have done selling the history and how charismatic they are and what Woody's persona and knowledge does to get us so quickly back into this spot. Like, I don't know if any of us really realize how lucky we are to so quickly be attracting this level of talent. Great point. Uh, after, after such a long dry spell of national relevance. And, and again, national point, irrelevance. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Dry, a dry spell of relevance. You're right. Yep. Yeah. And, the, and that, you know, it's, it's one thing for kids in Indiana who grew up with, with parents and grandparents who could impart on them how special of a place it is. But when you're getting kids, from different parts of the country coming in and you're sealing the deal. Yes, it's great. And to, to your point of the narrative around Woody being this great closer. Well, look, he's done a great job closing in these outlier uh, short-term recruitments because that's, that's really all we've had to see. But to the beginning of this conversation is now we're starting to look at some long-term recruitments and how are we going to sustain? How are we going to stay in connection? Right. How is Woody really going to make them feel, not just when he finally gets them in the room, but over the course of years to make sure they know, I mean as much to him as I do to coach X, Y, and Z. So if I go there, I know he really wants me and he's really going to take care of me. And I think it's it's something where as the the – I have to say it, uh, the very accomplished, especially now that he's won a second one, Bill Self says, if you're hearing yes more than no, you're recruiting the wrong players. Right, and right. We, we are now entering into these waters where we are getting as good a shot as these young pups as, as any other program with this regime. They have the time to put in a year, a two, a three 
to get these kids to know who they are and what they're about and how the kids would be utilized in that program. And look, we, this, this parade of top recruits coming through Bloomington is great, but you just have to realize the way this works at almost every school outside of, let's say, Chapel Hill and, um, and Kentucky and Duke probably. Yeah. You know, outside of those three schools, you're not going to get the majority of them. And, and before we actually punch our way into that grouping again, which I don't know if, you know, if Woody is just incredibly successful and can get us back to that level in his time, that would be nothing short of amazing. But if he could even get us in the conversation right below that group um, to set it up that in time as those places, you know, we'll see how Shire does at Duke. We'll see how much longer Cal lasts with uh, with uh, his his bad returns on incredible talent that it's um, we we have to be somewhat patient and just also rationable about (laughs) what the hit the hitting percentage is going to be. Yeah. And again, if he doesn't close on these deals, on these recruitments, it doesn't mean he's all of a sudden a terrible closer. Just like closing on those three before didn't make him the greatest closer in the history of college basketball. The the answer, you have to look at these recruitments individually. He did a great job with those. And we had some advantages with those. And then on these, like Jamie Kaiser, we didn't have an advantage. There isn't a natural advantage there. There isn't a natural advantage for Deshaun Harris-Smith, even though I think you know we talked a little bit about that one. There isn't a natural advantage outside of Yah and his connections with Arrington Page, and we may get that one. But I, I will say this. like I do think that a recruiting class of Gabe Cups, Arrington Page, and, and Ja'Kai Newton, we don't know what they're going to do in the future. But I think everybody would admit like that's fine, but it's not good enough. Like We do have to bolster that with either spring recruitments or killer transfer portal guys because we are going to take a big step back in losing potentially our starting five. So they know that too. But I just... I saw the tide turn today on message boards and tweets with the Mm. sky is falling. And it made me kind of, for the first time in my life, take a reasonable approach to things. And it also, I think we were unreasonable when we like were ready to anoint Woody Pope of recruiting, you know, because he did great in those. It's not taking anything away from him. But you have to look at them individually and understand what all surrounded each one of those. And he did great to close those. And if he doesn't close these, it doesn't mean he's a bad closer. It just doesn't. He's good. He's really good in the room with kids. But now he's got to build relationships. More recruitments are won or lost on that than these short outlier recruitments. And that those are more the norm than the Tamar Bates and the Malik Renaults. Um, and, and we're going to see, like you said, we're, we're in it now. This is it. We're, we're not the shiny new object. He's not fresh off of just stepping off an NBA court. He's not going back to New York Knicks and, and getting all the players, you know, that didn't get to say goodbye to him, get a chance to say goodbye to him like a month after he took the job at Indiana, which was a video we could send out to everybody. Now he's Mm -hmm. a college basketball coach and, and he's going to have to win in the college basketball game using all the strengths that he has and building the relationships that we know matter with these young kids and their family. I think Rabbi would be very proud of you. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I appreciate it. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Um, 
Well, what should we wrap things up here? I think so. I'm just going to say one more time, if there's any new listeners, we do have a promotion. We have one person who's taken up one spot. We have one more spot, a $2,000 discount on the fantasy camp that's coming up August 19th to the 21st. Live the life of an Indiana basketball player. Play games on the Assembly Hall court. Get dressed in the locker room, training facilities, players' lounge, social activities. Get a chance to, even if you win the championship board, cut down the nets at Assembly Hall. Which I would yeah. argue, which I would argue, will be more celebratory than when Tom Crean had them cut down the nets after we lost senior game. There'll be a better vibe in the room for sure. Yes, but if you DM me right now and you're over the age of thirty and you want to play or coach for nineteen ninety nine, which is a two thousand dollar discount, you get it. First one to sign up right now or to DM me gets that. Uh, we've had a sponsor come in and subsidize the rest of the the money that it took to to get into the camp. So this has been fun. We wish Will Sheehy would have been part of it. Uh, did our boy Lance Stemmler leave? Yeah, he got tired. He got tired. Sure. sure I get that. He's a hard-working man. I get Back that. Back on East Coast time, sure. Uh, thank you all so much for, for joining us. Assembly Call's doing their show right now, so pop over to that to get more IU content. Follow us right, on Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the but, sometimes, uh, sometimes why we are out, we are as out of sync as always. <laughs> See ya. Bye bye. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.